Have you ever pondered about the Arabic culture, the art, the literature, the cuisine? Just as we thought, not many people know that much about the rich Arabic culture. So, we thought we would talk about the Arabic culture and its origins. Hi, I'm Tumanna. And I'm Shinoshi. And this is your one-on-one guide on Arabic culture by the Lil Historians. Let's take a trip back to the Islamic Golden Ages. Pretty confusing, right? Take a look at your surroundings. You may be clueless at everything around you. All the people, paintings, patterns, clothes, food, and most of all yourself. You may be thinking, what on earth am I wearing? And why is it so hot? Well, we'll be here to answer your questions. Let's start off. You walk towards an odd-looking table filled with obnoxious words, poems, and books. Well, they're not quite different than you think, and we'll explain how. First and foremost, those obnoxious words are the Arabic alphabet. The Arabic alphabet is an Arabic script that has the purpose of lettering the native language of most Arabian places. Unlike English, it's written and read from right to left, and it contains 28 letters. The Arabic alphabet obviously has a purpose for writing words and sentences. But what do they use these words and sentences for? Well, they compiled them into beautiful poems, stories, and the Quran. Let's start with poems. Arabic poetry is the earliest form of Arabic literature. This dates back to the 6th century. And if we go more in detail, you'll understand that Arabic poetry is categorized in two main types. Rhymed and measured. The rhyme poetry basically falls within 15 different meters. The meters of the rhythmical poetry are known as seas, and in Arabic, buhur. And if we go into measured poetry, the measuring units of seas are known as tafilas. And if every sea specifically contains an approximate number of tafilas, which the poet has to look into every verse of the poem. Critics and researchers of Arabic poetry usually classify this information into two categories, classical and modern poetry. Let's start off with classical poetry. Classical poetry was written before the Arabic Renaissance, and which in Arabic is anahda meaning that all poetry that was written in classical style is called classical or traditional poetry because it follows a traditional structure and style. Now, let's get on with the modern poetry. Modern poetry, on the other hand, differs from classical poetry in its style, content, structure, rhyme, and its very intriguing topics. Okay, Shanushi. Let's move on to the Quran. The Quran literally means the recitation. It is a central religious text of Islam. Muslims believe that the Quran 
is a revelation from their God, Allah. Muslims regard the Quran as Allah or Muhammad's most important miracle, a proof of his prophethood. Muslims believe that the Quran was orally revealed by God to the final prophet, Muhammad, to the archangel, Jabriel, or Jibril. Shortly after Allah's death, the Quran was compiled by the companions who had written down and memorized parts of it. The Quran describes itself as a book of guidance for mankind. It sometimes offers detailed accounts of specific historical events, and it often emphasizes more significance of an event over its narrative sequence. While admiring the poems and Quran, something from the corner of your eye catches your attention. You look over, and to your surprise, you see unique patterns and strange-looking designs on rugs and something that looks like the Arabic alphabet, but a little stretched out. It all was so beautiful. Well, don't be that puzzled, because you have the little historians by your side. Indeed, Tamanna. First of all, the colorful rugs. No Islamic artistic product has become better known outside the Islamic world than the pile carpet, more commonly referred to as oriental carpet or rug. Their versatility is utilized in everyday Islamic and Muslim life, from floor coverings to architectural enrichment, from bolsters to cushions, and to sacks and bags of all shapes and sizes. To religious objects such as the prayer rug, which provides a clean place to pray, they have been a major export to other areas since the late Middle Ages, used not only to cover floors, but tables. Carpet weaving is a rich and deeply embedded tradition in Islamic societies. The practice is seen in large city factories, as well as in rural communities and nomadic encampments. Very early Islamic campers those before the 16th century is extremely rare. More have survived in the West, and Oriental carpets and Renaissance paintings from Europe are a major source of information on them, as they were valuable imports that were painted accurately. Certainly. Now, let's talk a bit about the slightly stretched Arabic alphabet. This is called calligraphy. Calligraphy is a way of expressing thoughts and emotions, and sometimes stories in form of word. Those words may even be placed in drawings. It is a huge part of UAE culture, as they can make art in every form to preserve said culture. Calligraphy is the art of forming beautiful symbols by hand and arranging them. Calligraphy is not only popular in Islamic and Muslim countries, although it is used more often in Muslim countries, and it is very popular in other countries too. Your mind averts this flavorsome aroma, and you find out it's the mouth-watering cuisine. Arabic cuisine is the native cuisine of most Islamic regions. Due to its various regional cuisines around the Arab world, the cuisine is often centuries old, and they reflect their culture in great trading of spices, herbs, and foods. The Arabic cuisine has unique traditions 
cuisine has been influenced by the climate and trading possibilities. Some of the most popular Middle Eastern dishes include hummus, manakish, falafel, grilled halloumi, fatouche, tabbouleh, and baba ghanoush. After feasting on the lavish meal, you hear everybody shuffling outside. So, by instinct, you follow them. They seat you on an oriental rug. Performers come out on stage and start moving intricately. You ponder on what bizarre act they're doing. Well, it's not very strange when you find out that it's dancing. Historically, dance has always been an important part of the Arabic culture. During the series of invasions on the Arab world, Europeans were influenced by the people culture. During the French campaign in Egypt and Syria in 1798, Europeans were interested in the Arab world, folk dances, and music of each and every country. In the middle of the 19th century, the Middle East, especially the Levant, Mesopotamia, and Egypt, were collectively referred to as the East. The Middle East attracted European painters and writers described as Orientalists, who specialized Oriental subjects among the most prominent. Personalities are Jean-Léon Jerome, Eugène Delacroix, and Jean-Auguste Dominique Ingres. Some types of folk dancing are belly dance, ultramadan, rakshaki, baladi, gawazi, and dabke. So now, let's talk about what you're wearing. There is always some importance whenever the topic of traditional clothing in the UAE pops up. Other than the followers of Islam, not many are aware of the Arabic style of clothing typical to Muslim culture. With annunciations of Dubai, the remaining Emirates of the UAE are conservative with regard to their style of dressing, favoring modesty and to a certain extent, strictly adopting what is prescribed in Islamic text. Traditional clothing are styled according to what is to be worn during the day, at night, and for religious occasions. The clothes are designed to adapt to the local weather and the religious beliefs of the region. These are the religious clothings: abaya, gatra, agal, burqa, kandura, gishwa, and gufiya. Do you notice the designs and patterns on the woman's hands? This is called henna. For over 5000 years, henna has been a symbol of good luck and health in the Arab world. In generations of women have used a paste made primarily of dried ground henna to cover their hands and feet with their designs. The earliest application on the body appears in Egyptian mummies whose hair and nails were stained with the reddish brown tones of henna. Now that you know a little about the wondrous world of Arabian culture, we would like you to take your own path and continue your journey in the Islamic golden ages, discovering something new every day. Who knows? You might be next the next prodigy and write or paint one of the best pieces of your time. Maybe the next dancer and rise to your fame. Possibly a chef who cooks meals like no other. All we are trying to say is that the Islamic Golden Ages has taught us many things.
imagination run wild. Thank you for listening to The Little Historians. I'm your host, Tamanna Sandeep. And I'm Shanushi Ranasinghe. Goodbye. And have a great day.